All right, guys, we are back for another mini-sode plugging away here on our series where we are drafting in the FFPC main event. We kicked off a slow draft on the 4th of July, and we kind of talked through our decision process here every round when we are on the clock. We are officially on the clock here in the 11th round at the 11.05. I will recap our team here for the audio listeners, Jamar Chase, Kyle Pitts, T. Higgins, Marquise Brown, Rashad Bateman, Kyler Murray, Devonta Smith, did take a running back detour in the eighth for Devin Singletary and then went back to piss in yellow, Garrett Wilson and Chase Claypool. And um, I think heading into this pick, we knew all along this was for sure going to be a running back pick for us. And um, we definitely had some targets go. I'll pull up the draft board here for our YouTube members. We saw, you know, Damian Pierce, Isaiah Spiller, Naheem Hines and Darrell Henderson all go just on this wrap here at the 10-11 turn. And some of those boys... They really stung. Yeah, we were excited about Henderson, but you identified this pocket a while back, like around, around when we took Singletary, that this might be a running back running back turn. We really liked the value on Claypool. Talked about that, that on our last episode. But Spiller and, and Henderson, I think, were two that we thought had three down upside and, and were really looking at. Hines was one that, you know, there's some other ways to play receiving backs a little bit later that we maybe wouldn't have gone with. But I think Henderson was the one that kind of hit us all the hardest, right? Yeah. Yes. It hit me Anderson hard that this team. Oh, go ahead, Pat. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and it, it hit hard too because this team three, you're looking at his structure. You know, he clearly values these very high upside handcuffs. You know, took Tony Pollard, Alexander Madison, Spiller, Henderson, guys all with massive contingent value. He's doing that on a team where already has Christian McCaffrey, Javante Williams, and is a little thin at wide receiver despite having roll the clip sky more so they just kind of stung because it's like ah uh, if just one of these picks is a wide receiver then we're getting you know a Hines or a Henderson you know falling to us and he, he took Hopkins as yeah. one of his four receivers yeah and he doesn't have a QB yet and it's like okay <laughs> it's so it's yeah he took a luxury pick on the one spot he he didn't actually need the luxury <laughs> <laughs> like he could have even gone with the second side end with Schultz um yeah, so that one's that was a bummer, and specifically Henderson. I think I, I agree with you that they, of all the guys, um, I like him the best in a vacuum, and then also he gives you a little bit of that like Heinz profile where you're like maybe I can use him right away. Um, yeah, you know, is a is a bet that Acres isn't fully back to what he was pre-injury, and then a lot of contingent value. You know, if Acres were to to miss games, I mean Henderson. We know we know what the role would be, and he's talented enough to to make you know a productive starts in that role. So that, that's a big bummer. The other issue with this whole tier, and, and I think one of the reasons I was leaning Claypool at the last pick, is that like outside of Henderson, I don't really have any favorites here. <laughs> you know, and I kind of <laughs> kind of picking guys based on ADP and in best ball, kind of knowing that I'm going to be taking a lot of cracks on these guys. I was sharing some of my exposures uh, with you guys. Like I'm overweight on most of the guys that we're going to talk about. I'm actually underweight pretty heavily. One of the guys that we're discussing that maybe it's just a leak that I, I should fix that. But in general, I'm pretty overweight this tier. I'm mostly, you know, factoring in my stacks and um, just kind of whatever the room gives me. But obviously this is a main event draft. We need to be right here. So. I'm kind of struggling with who to take now. 
Yeah, and I can um, just to let people know, just kind of based on ADP and in the queue, we are kind of in like a tight end and running back pocket here. I'll, I'll list off some of the names at the top of the queue as you know best available by ADP: Mike Gesicki, Albert Akuibuna, Michael Carter, Matthew Stafford, the one quarterback hanging around there. Noah Fant, Christian Watson, really the one wide receiver hanging around, and then you got Kenneth Gainwell, Hunter Henry, Tyrion Davis, Price, Tyler Algier, Gerald Everett, and Khalil Herbert. So, um, you know. I, I think, you know, the running backs we've been kind of batting around the names is Michael Carter, is Kenneth Gainwell, is Terry and Davis Price, and Tyler Algier. Would you guys say that's kind of the four that are our short list right now? Mm-hmm. Yep. And we don't, and I, we don't, we like, we see the merits of all four. Like, I think I've leaned in all, towards all four at, at various points. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I, I think, like, one of the things we're wrestling with a little bit is kind of like the type of profile we're looking in here. And, you know, I like Hines. I like Gainwell. I think one of the points that Gretsch has made about some of these later pass catching targets that we might like that we think are undervalued. Maybe we don't have to hit that profile right now. Maybe we can take a bigger swing. And then our conversation in our discord chat kind of pivoted to looking at like Tyrion Davis price versus Tyler Algier versus Carter kind of ruling out Gainwell and then trying to see who's kind of like the bigger upside swing here. And I still don't know if we've really arrived at anything of a consensus. Well, I actually may view Gainwell slightly differently. I don't view him as like a satellite back necessarily. Um, Certainly that's like the hope initially, but I think, I think kind of all these guys are contingency, contingency, contingency based plays. I'm not sure that Carter has the level of standalone value without a Brees Hall injury to where we're actually enjoying starting him maybe we have to start him based on this build but like i don't know that he's outscoring a mckissick or something if everything's just stable it's more that if priest were to go down carter is like you know kind of an every down running back kind of like what Gio bernard was in his rookie year um so and i kind of feel the same way about gainwell it's like if sanders were to go down and gainwell consolidates enough of the backfield he has this receiving ability but he also has explosive rushing ability um you know he could kind of be like a a lead a 1a back like an explosive 1a back is kind of his upside scenario um Tyrion Davis Price would do much better with Elijah Mitchell out of the way because he's kind of a grinder type but you know could consolidate touchdowns um Tyler Algier is probably the most like standalone type of guy because the back ahead of him is really kind of a wide receiver. So maybe he gets, I think like Mike Davis had almost like, it was like 190 touches or something, 190 opportunities, uh, targets plus carries just a little bit above that last year. So uh, that's the one where like Algier could maybe take on that role and get a little extra because uh, Davis was phased out as the year went on. Cause he was so bad. Um, so in a weird way, the guy who doesn't really catch passes, Algier doesn't have like a grindery yards per out running college. He was like okay as a pass catcher, but still probably more of a two-down guy as a rookie. But in a weird way, I think he might be the the best like standalone value play, um, but obviously contingent value as well. One thing I'm looking at right now and trying to kind of game out um, – is whether any of these guys can make it back. So we'll pick it 140 on the way back. It's a long way away. They are the next four in ADP. But working back, Carter's ADP is 123. We're already past that. Gainwell's 131.5. 
Tyrion Davis price is 133 and Algier is 135.9. So basically 136, four picks before we pick again. He would seem to be the one that has the shot to come all the way back. Um, and Khalil Herbert's right after that. We're not really considering him here, but Pete, you've mentioned liking him. He's at 138. I think there's a possibility one of these five makes it all the way back. Certain, like certainly a possibility, but at the same time, I look at the board and I see a lot of tight ends on this side already checked off. A couple teams already have two. A lot of quarterbacks already checked off. One team already has two. Probably going to be a lot of receivers and or running backs in this next stretch. So I, I also don't know that I feel comfortable that anyone's going to make it back. I mean, one of the things I said because initially sort of as a tie break in my mind was that Carter is the one that I feel very confident won't come back. Gainwell almost certainly won't either. I think after that with the with the rookies, you're you're not likely, but there's maybe a possibility people aren't really into Tyron Davis Price or into Tyler Algier and and their ADPs are a little lower. So maybe those are that's where we get to like maybe there's a shot we get this, you know, sliding value and get two of these guys still somehow. Um but Looking at the board, I, I would say I'm not confident in that. The fact that a lot of these guys have already hit the onesie positions behind us. Yeah, I'm not confident either. I do agree with you. I think there's a chance. Like, I would say, I mean, looking at the Explorer, like for our next pick or the command center, it's given us about like an 8% chance that an Algier, uh, it gives you a 16% that Herbert is there. I would say like, my guess would be like a 20% chance uh, an Algier or Herbert you know, falls to us, maybe slightly better. I don't know. It seems possible, but not likely. Yeah. Yeah. It probably takes somebody liking a running back later than them, like going down to James Robinson for some reason. Yeah. And like you said, I mean, there's still a couple of these, I mean, the, the seven hole who's been, you know, structurally drafting pretty nicely. He only has three running backs. Um, the nine hole, who kind of went away for from running backs only has three. So like these guys are like prime candidates to tack on their fourth running back. Same with team 11. Potentially so fourth and fifth at 11 as well. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So I do think with that is I'm, I'm torn. I always love to try to play the ADP game, but I really do think we should probably just draft our favorite. That mm-hmm. said, it doesn't seem like we have, I think like if this was just my own team and I was just like humming along, I think I'd be like, shit, this is a gross spot. And then take Terry and Davis price. That's just like what I would do without much thought. Doesn't mean it's right. That's just kind of my like snap, like biggest swing here. Yeah. We all had kind of a different lean there. Right. Cause I think Pat, you said it would be kind of Algier for you. For me, I, I did immediately sort of lean Carter cause he was good last year. Obviously adding Breeze Hall is not great. They still have Ty Johnson and, and Tevin Coleman in the backfield. It's not a great offense. It's not amazing, but he, was a good receiving back in college. I, I I've been projecting them out as if Carter would catch, would lead in, in in the on like third downs and catch more balls than Hall. Maybe you know Hall's not a three down back right away. We've seen that with some other rookies. I mean even like Jonathan Taylor when he came out. So yeah. it might be like a Taylor Hines or it might be like a Gibson McKissick a little bit. That's what Carter was in college to Javante Williams, right, Pat? Yeah, that's like exactly what he was. Yeah. So yeah, I mean that's. Which is not – maybe that's all he is. You've made the geo comp in some of our little chats uh, prior to this recording, and maybe that's all he is, but he had a little more than that last year. If Hall were to go down, there's still, like, I think, contingent upside for, you know, scenarios for Carter. 
probably. Yeah, and I actually should say he he wasn't exactly like a Heinz in college because he he was used as a rusher as well, and it's a pretty solid rusher. Um, so yeah, I think of him kind of as a Geo type, partly because like, you know, when Geo actually got the chance as a rookie to be a rusher, he was pretty good. But then the team immediately drafted Jeremy Hill, and we're like, no, you're a satellite back. And I feel like Carter's kind of the same thing, where it's like if he's if he's forced into that role for you know, even if it's a two or three game stretch, I think he'll be really, really capable um, yeah. and an easy start for us. Yeah. But and I don't think the team's ever really going to want that to be the case. Yeah. Obviously now. Yeah. And just kind of comparing another market, we kind of talked about this. Um, I had listened back to our mini talking about Marquise Brown and we were kind of talking about how he's going higher on underdog over there. And you know, that we, we trust that market a lot just because there's so much, you know, liquidity and drafts over there. And it's a, it's a pretty good gauge of things. And so kind of just looking at this running back pocket on underdog, it is interesting. Carter is definitely in like a ADP tier ahead of Algier, Tyrion Davis price um, in these other guys we're talking about here. And which is interesting to me because Carter, I do think you're hanging your hat on the pass catching a little bit more right. with him and of course, half point PPR versus the full PPR here. So, and he he does have the highest ADP here as well. Um, I'm definitely like coming around on him. Just if if we do think there's a 20% chance we could get an Algier or Tyrion Davis price coming back, I'm like kind of inclined to to do Carter and see if one of those guys comes back. I will say, I just pulled up his game log because I I am very torn as well. Like I, I I'm I'm certainly like leaning Carter. I, I mean, none of us is really advocating for Gadewell. He might be the one that we all are most comfortable with. Like combined, he might be like all of our number two. I don't know. But like, I, He's, I, I think we all, I don't like know him. who my number one is, but I'm pretty sure Gadewell's my number two. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's how I feel. Um, but I looked up uh, Carter's game log. He had eight games with double digit carries last year, three more with nine, another one with eight. He actually only had two games with fewer than eight carries. Same, you know, coaching staff. I'm, I mean, is there a scenario where, like, he and Brees Hall are kind of closer to 50-50 on carries? Obviously, last year, Brees Hall wasn't in the offense. I mean, huge caveat. Well, one other thing, too, and is also thinking about – we and I always kind of think of the Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines dynamic too early on where they were easing in Brees Hall – or, sorry, Jonathan Taylor a little bit. I do think it's safe to say, like – they're not just going to turn Brees Hall into a full-blown bell cow back week one. And like the way this team is set up as a zero RB build, like with Singletary giving us a fast start, like maybe there is a benefit to where we get contingent upside with Carter, but he might just have a little more work right out of the gate. Just, you know, kind of veteran. That's kind of what or I'm whatever. thinking. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like as we make the, like the Naheem Hines comparison or like, you know, other passing backs, like Hines is not a guy who's gotten, I mean, he's had 10 carry games, but that, that type of rushing where you have, I think Carter must have averaged 10 carries a game last year and his games played. That's a little bit different. It's, it's the, you know, you said satellite back, it's the satellite back, you know, plus or whatever you you right. want to say. It's the, there's a little bit of the rushing. Um, yeah. 10 and a half attempts a game in his 14 games played last year. He ran 147 times. He, again, he was the lead back last year. It's different for sure. I don't even think I would expect this amount over well, 17 you know, like, games. It's Mike Davis. He, right. Where like, you'd expect him to, to get, it's not, he wouldn't be Mike Davis in Carolina where he's playing the CMC role, but I think it'd be like 
similar-ish, where he'd probably be getting enough targets to where it was pretty sweet and then sufficient rushing on top of that. Like, he's a capable rusher where they're not going to, like, just have Ty Johnson come in as, like, a, a two-down grinder or whatever, or Tevin Coleman. It, it's kind of interesting, too, to, like, part – Again, I'm definitely not trying to steer, steer us this way too much, but part of the appeal for Tyrion Davis-Price for me was the Niners tend to use multiple backs. I do think he's going to have a role as sort of like the, the the grinder alongside Elijah Mitchell, right? That The size of that role will be interesting because like you still have Jeff Wilson there that's kind of competing with for that role, and, and I guess Trey Sermon. You have Trey Lance probably getting some design carries. You potentially still have Debo rushing some, and Elijah Mitchell is still probably you know going to get plenty of work. But the Jets sort of, you know, they have a coaching staff that came from San Fran and sort of did that last year, like a little bit with multiple backs. Like they saw yeah. it as a multiple back committee. You can kind of make the same argument about the the Tyrion Davis price thing for Carter as the number two in his running back room, that this is a team that might split a little bit. Maybe Brees Hall's workload won't be massive. Hall, I mean, I, I still really, like, I'm not trying to, like, I'm, I'm basically making a case that gets out on Hall, and I'm drafting Hall, so that doesn't make any sense, right? <laughs> so, like, I, Hall's upside is that he But it's scenario-based, right? Like, yeah. there are scenarios where Hall fails. Um, I'm drafting Hall, too, I, but there are scenarios where he fails. Yeah, I think what makes it hard, too, and why the Henderson one stings so much is Henderson had just the obvious contingent mm-hmm. value. Yes. Not to mention, like we were saying, the benefits of, hey, maybe Akers just isn't fully ready. He gets a lot of work out of the gate. But, I mean, just a home run contingent play. We can poke holes in the contingent value of all these guys we're discussing. We were saying, yeah. you know, Tevin Coleman or Ty Johnson eating in, Jeff Wilson eating in to Tyrion Davis-Price. Who knows what the Falcons are going to cobble together, you know, with Patterson and, and whoever else. So it's just not clear contingent value, which does make me think, should we just be taking the biggest high upside swing? That's why I kind of come back to Tyrion Davis price, just knowing like we have zero questions about the effectiveness of that running game. Um, but uh, it, it's tough. I, I don't have a, I don't have a, an answer. So Pat, I don't, what were really, I don't really agree there about the contingent value with Carter. I think Carter has legit contingent value. He was like, he was good last year. He had 1.48 yards per outrun. That was what DeAndre Swift had last year uh he had 26 percent breakaway percentage that was one percent higher than javante williams uh he was pretty elusive not quite as elusive as those guys but you know pretty solid uh more elusive than christian mccaffrey um so yeah i mean to me like carter was impressive in his rookie season if they had not drafted Brees hall i would be really excited about him i would i'm trying to figure out where i'd be taking him but like I'd rather have him than Antonio Gibson, you know. Um, to me, he probably, I don't know, he probably wouldn't go much after where Brees Hall is is going. Like, I probably a fifth yeah. round pick in this in this draft would be uh, a price too steep for me to actually pay. But I would have been like, yeah, that seems that seems fine. So, I don't know. I think, I think that's some- kind of what you're getting if 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 he's the starter. So, and you had some comments in our chat earlier about. Davis Price, I, I had the impression that he was like a really good athlete, but that he was maybe not as good of a prospect as. So what I, as you say that, like I, I think, again, like what with Davis Price and Algier, part of the, part of the appeal of taking a rookie running back here is the huge, wide band of of outcomes. They could be really good, right? Um, but you, they're not number. 
Tyrion Davis Price is in a good situation. Algier not necessarily a great situation, but you just basically describe their upside scenario. It's like Michael Michael Carter already was really good in a lot of the, the advanced stuff, right? Yeah. No, he had a really good rookie season. Like, I didn't think he was as good a prospect as Kenny Gainwell, but he had a better rookie season than Kenny Gainwell. Kenny Gainwell actually was pretty good on limited touches. He had 1.53 yards per hour run, slightly better than Carter. Wasn't quite as good as a rusher. Um, and obviously the, the team seemed like less interested in him, although, you know, after drafting Brees Hall, that, that case isn't super strong for Carter either. But, yeah, I think, I think it's a little cleaner for Carter than Gainwell. And after the rookie season and the prospect profile stuff, that kind of evens out. I shared with you guys the graph from Anthony Miko's tool that um, it basically shows like, you know, Gainwell's got a lower floor and then it comes up and then Carter kind of threw like most of the distribution that you want is like much, much more uh, outcomes. It's much meatier. And then you get to like the super, super tail end outcomes that are good. And it's like all Gainwell. And that does feel like intuitively right to me where like if Gainwell is the prospect that it looked like he could be, which is this explosive rusher, really, really strong in yards per route run, big play threat through the air and on the ground. If he basically like takes over the backfield, whether, you know, let's say a Sanders injury, then Gainwell gets some run and he looks awesome. You know, this is an offense that could support a really efficient rushing attack with, uh, with Jalen Hurts, you know, so you get this explosive, a little bit undersized, but very explosive back. Like, you can dream on Gainwell in a way that I can't really dream on Carter, even if Brees Hall goes yeah. down. Carter's in a Zach Wilson offense, and Zach Wilson doesn't really throw the running back that much, and they're not scoring a ton of points. And it's just, he's going to be a fine star for us, but he's not as fun. Gainwell in that, like, 98th percent, you know, 99th percentile outcome is pretty fun. But I don't know. I mean, I think like maybe the the 80th isn't even that fun. So that's kind of what, what I struggle with there. I'm, I'm nowhere closer to a decision. I know. <laughs> I, I, I do think I if, if we are so kind of hands up in the air, I do think we should probably just play the ADP, play the ADP game and take Carter and see if one of these guys just miracle makes it back to us. That's where I lean. I, I lean one of Carter or Gainwell because um, the other two guys have such lower ADPs. But uh, and Gain, right, Gainwell has basically no chance to get back. Yeah, uh, and I, we can't even break yeah. a teammate correlation on that because we have Gainwell with Devonta Smith and Garrett Wilson with Michael Carter, which is hilarious. They're they're like the exact same thing. Where like it's sort of a bet against the wide receiver one. If you want to say it's correlated, like. There could be upside scenarios for the wide receiver two that also relate to the running, you know, the running back two. Like, but like it's the exact same scenario. It's a wide receiver two, running back two. Yeah, yeah. I was looking at that too. I was, uh, but yeah, Carter is going eight point two picks before Gainwell, ten picks before TDP, twelve point six before Algier. I yep. do think it is a reasonable tiebreaker so, to be value hounds. Two tiebreakers that I can think of is yeah so one would be who's actually going later in ffpc because we're going to be drafting a bunch of these so you know if it's going to be harder for us to get carter maybe we should take carter because he's he's gone a little earlier but then the other tiebreaker would be does either of these guys have 
of the potential to really move up in drafts in a big way. And that would go the other way, I think. Like, Gainwell's the only one who could move up. I don't know that it's that likely, but I, it's not harder. I think I think, um, I think think TDP can definitely TDP move could, up yeah. just yeah. with how excited people get about the Niners. And you can already see, I mean, old – old fantasy community would be drafting like Eli Mitchell in the fourth round. And they're like showing restraint just because they're like respecting both TDP and Shanahan shenanigans, which is like the market has definitely gotten smarter with that. Um, Gainwell. It feels like we had Miles Sanders literally come out the other day and say, don't draft me. And like Gainwell's ADP didn't really budge or anything. Everyone's just like, yeah, this could be a gross committee. I don't want anything to do with it. So is, what's your, what's your TDP yeah. sort of bull case? Like he's getting goal line work. He's like uh, Shanahan was the coach when Alfred Morris was great with Robert Griffin. Like he's the, the, the physical back defense that, that benefits from the rushing efficiency boost. When you have a rushing quarterback, because defenses have to respect Lance, you know, if they're doing some read option, is that sort of like, you're thinking he's going to be a pretty efficient runner and, my bowl case is almost just purely contingent. Like if Eli Mitchell stays fully healthy, I don't really see super high end outcomes for TDP. But if like Eli Mitchell does what Raheem Mostert did in the first game last year and was out, like the runway could just be massive for TDP, you know, yeah. being the lead guy there. Um, obviously Jeff Wilson wouldn't go away, but like, what do you guys think? Like, couldn't you see if, if Eli Mitchell got hurt, like TDP 75, percent of the touches to like jeff wilson 30 percent kind of thing i could see it like yeah see it too. yeah i could also I think, see it go the other way but i, I, I think you'd that. maybe see sermon there involved as well probably yeah you know yeah see i think that's one San where Francisco. if you look at like if you look at like carter i feel i mean even gainwell i feel like boston scott could get in there like the, sure. the cdp thing i think I, with carter I was mentioned before Johnson, we started that they might they could sign jordan that? howard off the street if yeah uh, if the eagles i mean yeah Carter feels like because he had such a good rookie year, because they took him in the second round last year and played him and he was good, and then they added Hall, it all it feels like they just like both like a two-back system, maybe. Not necessarily that they hate Carter, but maybe they do hate Carter. I mean, I, who knows? But it, it feels to me more like the 70-30 thing with the other backs feels easier to project with Carter. But yeah. That's yeah, just a we need yeah. We need an injury to I mean, because the thing with Carter that's difficult is like there's no path that doesn't involve a three saw injury. It's, it's Hall like, doing Travis Etienne last year and getting hurt. Yeah, that's the only. Which thing. then, I mean, then I do think Carter's probably like a sixth round pick. So there would be some some value in that, but um, yeah, it's just not as it's not as sexy. Going like you can't. He's he's not talented enough to displace the starter, and he's not talented enough that if the starter went down, he'd be a, a pick in the first five rounds. So it's right. like right. you're kind of, you know, it, it isn't it isn't a home run cut. Although to get a guy, you know, if that were to happen, to get a guy in the eleventh who would be kind of a plug and play starter for us out of the gate would would still be a home run. So yeah, and uh, circles here. Rotoviz has the tool that has that pulls in the FFPC drafts. There's been 13 main events so far. Uh, obviously, we're one of them. The gap in ADP is closer in the main events so far. Let me find it because I just looked it up and it looked closer. 
Carter's 128.8 so far. Gainwell, uh, Tyrion Davis Price right behind him. So he's been drafted nine times. Tyrion Davis Price has been drafted eight, 129.5, less than a pick behind him. Algier, 129.6, right behind that. Gainwell, 130.8. So this draft from ADP we're looking at, they're actually all within two spots in the eight main events that have gone. All right, so, so screw far. this ADP game. Everything that we said is out the window. Start over. We're 28 no, minutes in. No, I can't. In. We're 28 <laughs> minutes in. I mean, I literally don't care at this point. I will capitulate to any argument. Oh, my God. Want? They're super close. That does concern me. He's he's going later in the main event so far. The small, small sample. That I mean, yeah. All right, we we're only getting one of these four. Yes. Who Rolling do you want to get? Let's say let's just let's just do a we don't have this has this doesn't have to be do we all rate them one through four and then average it. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should do that. Like all right, <laughs> wait, get it, not not ADP, but just like you are only getting one. What is your preference? Wait, maybe we should write all right, let's 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 write ours down. All right, give me all a minute. Right. It's actually good. I, I gotta think about it too. No. <laughs> I feel like I'm playing lot and thinks. All right, I have my answer. I know. Uh, no, hang on. Let's see. <sighs> I don't, I don't even know what my answers are. <laughs> I, feel, I feel terrible about my answer. Are you, are you still thinking, Pat? <laughs> yeah, I'm still thinking. I don't fucking know what I want. <laughs> All right, let me do it. Like, Let's see. All right. Okay. Draw okay I don't even know if it's my actual answer. All right, what's our scoring system so we could have just a clean ending to this? What? Four, three, two, Top one. Top get. Average? Four, three, two, one. All yeah. right. Okay. Right. What order are we going here? I have Algier top. <laughs> my, my bottom is Algier. I did Algier on the bottom too. <laughs> uh-uh. so oh, I'm, I'm TDP, right. well, Carter, um, Gainwell, Algier was my order. I, I stuck to my comment that I would put Gainwell 2. I have TDP 3. Carter, Gainwell, TDP, Algier was mine. I, I, have, I have Carter 2. So what's you had Carter 1? No, I had yeah, Carter. Seven. Ben had Carter 1? Yeah, I did have. I stuck oh, with he, Carter 1. And he but... wins because I had Carter right. 2 and you had Carter 2. All right. So that's our starter. I don't feel good about that. <laughs> I just pressed. I just pressed select, so we could, we could do it. Wait. So what is you had? Who's your one? Oh, you had out your one. I had out your. I had TDP and Pat had out your. Yeah. You had TDP four. All right. I just TDP came out to me as like a very bad prospect, so I'm just not. I'm like I have 18 percent of TDP in Best Ball Mania. I am not fading him. I feel better about it's because he's. He, we don't have a stack with him. It's like the one team we didn't have a stack, so that's how I broke yeah. it. Yeah. I feel better about not going TDP. Pete, you made some compelling arguments, but if Pat was also – Well, like honestly, Pat. the thing that 
He's a fine that, pick. I just yeah. yeah. He the situation is is awesome, but I do it is like sobering when you know Pat's saying he's just like not actually that interesting of a prospect as far as like from an athletic standpoint and stuff like that. Like it's yeah. it's more when you dive into the specifics. Like if you just look from a macro lens, he's got decent size. He ran a sub four five forty. He's in a system where like you don't need to be the best running back prospect in the world, and some film evaluators really liked him. So any. He was a, what, a day two pick. So, I mean, you don't have to overthink it beyond that. And in best one mini, I'm not. But if you if you yeah. dive in and look at his breakaway percentage, it sucked. His yards per out run is atrocious. So some of the other stuff that I like makes him seem more like a little bit of a lower ceiling type of type of bet. Ultimately, long-term right. dynasty. All right. I need to go to bed. This is another classic 32-minute mini-sode. <laughs> uh, don't ever say that we don't Macro provide sode. you guys. <laughs> macro sound seriously um we will be back uh in the 12th round hopefully with an easier decision if you guys are listening to the audio of this on the ship chasing podcast feed you can get access to the video versions of these which also release much earlier if you guys want to see what we're up to in these drafts that is for youtube members so for gretch for pat i'm pete michael carter welcome to the squad peace out